passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to the Cafe Hangout. I'm John Pollock alongside Wei Ting. And I want to start off with... The Daily Show would have the moment of zen. I think that we should have a new segment called The Moment of Cena. Huh? This man is uh, just um, a philosophical treasure trove on Twitter. Okay. These are the words of John Cena that's going to start off our day. Maybe we can find a theme from all this. Is this Instagram? Is this Twitter? This what is are Twitter. we looking at? All right. Okay. Apology is an important step in forgiveness. Sometimes apology is given out of reflex or as an attempt to feel better about actions. Know what you apologize for. Understanding the pain of others will open up connective reconciliation. The opposite just creates more hardship. Can you break that down for us, John? Don't just tell me you're sorry. Think of why you are sorry. What are are you saying you're sorry for yourself or for us? Now, can you look deeper into this uh, for any, uh, you know, it, why is he tweeting this? Who is he re- referencing? Do you this... not follow John Cena on Twitter? This is this dude constantly. I do okay? not follow him on Twitter. Oh, this guy is just, he is a never ending fortune cookie. Okay. So. Well, great. Good for, Good for him. him. He's, clearly, he's spreading a lot of. Clearly, the man is is a success uh, in many fields, and and he has quite the mentality. And maybe it's these daily affirmations and quotes. Uh, he has a lot of wisdom to give, and, and a lot be following, and a large platform to spread it. Will you be following this advice? I'm gonna definitely think twice before I apologize again, and really think of why I'm doing it. Yeah, you better. How are you today? Doing all right. Doing pretty good. Who uh, won the the slugfest between you and Google just now? I guess we're live, so I guess you won. This guy right 10, here. 10-9 round. This guy right here. I was about to call Max to help me with this. Oh, boy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm actually going to be really glad once October comes around and we space out our schedule so that we don't have to record a review away, like, two minutes before before we have to go live live here. This is how all shows uh, operate, way. They look down at the clock, so, oh, we're going live in two minutes. Yeah. Uh, uh, for Just to take people behind the curtain... Thursdays have kind of become our, our big kind of recording days where we've had to record our Patreon shows right before this. And that typically entails like, you know, getting a bunch of guests and getting guests for this show and then just making sure the Wi-Fi and all that stuff is right. But we we make do. Today on the show, we're going to be joined by longtime friend of the show, Jimmy Corderas. He is going to be by. We're going to chat about Clash of Champions coming up this Sunday. Uh, we're also going to get his perspective on the incident that went down uh, a couple weeks back at the Summer Sizzler show involving referee Aaron Wild. I definitely want to get uh, Jimmy's uh, thoughts on this. And he actually addressed this on his his very popular and growing video series, Ref and Rants. Is this on Facebook? Uh, This is on all media that Jimmy Corderas is attached to. He has it out on Twitter. And this guy, this is like clockwork that he has a 60-second video up every morning on a new topic. The man has a coffee probably every morning. He has a long line of t-shirts and coffee mugs that are on display in all of these videos. And and he's got plenty of thoughts as it relates to the wrestling business. Yes. So we'll chat with uh, with Jimmy about his expanding media empire that also includes co-hosting duties on Aftermath and maybe what the SmackDown move means for Aftermath. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look forward to chatting with Jimmy Corderas and we'll also be taking your phone calls later in the show. Uh, We'll go over some of the shows this weekend, some lineups for uh, Bloods Sport, Clash of Champions, AAA, there's a Destruction card on Sunday, another one on Monday, another crazy weekend, and a mm-hmm. UFC thrown in there for good measure as well. Uh, but today's news, I guess the biggest one, is Impact Wrestling uh, just out of left field, shocking the wrestling world that their flagship program is moving 
to Access TV. It's going to be moved next month following the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. They have not announced a night of the week or a time slot. They have just confirmed that they will be moving. So this felt like a kind of an announcement for the sake of an announcement without any particulars. And then we'll have a re-announcement of the move with more specifics, I guess, closer to the date. But um, yeah, I have asked about if there is a leading candidate or if they are internally debating a bunch of options. I haven't heard back yet, but that is uh, the latest here. I think everyone assumed that this was... uh, absolutely just a question of when they would be making this move and it will be after bound for glory not before perhaps just kind of more of a way to to you know promote impact finally getting a, a permanent home it seems and uh letting us know exactly when to expect that change do you feel like uh that's a good time or or could they have done it earlier even i think that they want to put some uh some promotion into the move and it really sounds like maybe they have not fully committed to a night yet um i do know that uh Dan Rather has some interview series that airs on Tuesday nights. Right. But I would also imagine, like, if Impact's your priority, they can pretty much do whatever they want. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to be necessarily bound and handcuffed by the programming at Access. Um, what we do know is that they, for for the time being, New Japan and WoW are going to remain, remain as is. Um, I did ask today because uh, uh, Phoenix Carnival, who is a broadcaster, part of the Friday Night Fights lineup, she announced on Twitter that Friday Night's LFA card is their last show. And I've asked for clarification on this. There as in Access TV fight. Well, that's why I've asked to clarify. Is it the broadcaster's last show? Are they no longer airing live MMA cards on Friday nights? And I asked someone at Access and was just told Anthem hasn't made any decisions about current programming. So not... uh, Confirming or denying um, uh, what Phoenix has tweeted out, but that is kind of where we are now. And you would think that if they're ending this on Friday night, I mean, come out and state that. But mm-hmm. uh, I can't say for certain right now that they have not made any decisions. But LFA is running on Friday night, and I guess maybe there will be some insight on that broadcast. I mean, if they don't have a follow-up card to announce or if they flat out say that we're not going to be doing live cards on Friday nights. That's that's a big departure because that had been their big um, combat sports night was Friday nights and then pro wrestling on Saturday nights. A seemingly very confusing time, I'm sure, even for the staff that's there, um, you know, never mind the audience. So I think this is all coming at them very quickly yeah. and trying to make sense of all of this. Like this news came out Monday and here we are. We have seen the massive cuts that have already been made at Access specific to their Dallas office. But this has affected a large portion of Access TV. Um, Andrew Simon is out. Adam Swift is out. Um, and and numerous others as well that uh, may not be as familiar to people would you like to go through any of the other news topics or do you want to go to a phone call let's go to a phone call hey caller thanks for calling us a little bit early but uh, what's on your mind you're on the cafe hangout hey john and way how you doing doing very well what's up what's your it's, name um it's uh, milan from toronto milan oh, oh hey. wow milan how's it going hey good man good man it's great uh, meeting you guys on the uh, toronto mic show yes that's right we had a great time yeah, fantastic. Um, question for you guys, and it's um, just wondering what's what's the situation with Ronda Rousey. Uh, I know with the big uh, Fox SmackDown uh, starting, and I know Fox, from my understanding, wanted to make it more of a sports-oriented program. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys heard? I know she's going to be on Total Divas. It looks like she's sort of dabbling on things and talked about the whole uh, impregnation vacation time off she was taking but is she <laughs> is she planning to come back is there any news on that i know there was no no update so far on the whole evolution women's pay-per-view this year i haven't heard anything about it so just wondering your guys thoughts on that no i mean th- there's no word on a comeback or even a time frame of such i I would be very surprised if we see Ronda come back to the extent that she was involved prior as a regular weekly character, but can definitely see her coming back for a program or to do uh, promotion for total. Well, definitely. I would, I would absolutely expect her on TV at some point to promote total divas, which are going to be airing on, on Wednesday nights as well. Timing works out to, to fit the Fox thing, but you'd figure. Yeah. Like is, is, is EA, uh, EA is property. Uh, that's an NBC Universal. So maybe you would expect her on Raw instead. Could be, but I if if I'm Fox, I mean they look very highly upon Ronda Rousey from their history with the UFC. That I w- I would want to get her on Fox as well. So I could definitely see some appearances here or there over the next month or so. But in terms of a full comeback, that I'm kind of less hesitant on, and have not heard anything in in that direction. Um, in terms of 
that expectation being out there. But there's obviously going to be a lot of pressure on the WWE to produce numbers, especially on the Friday night now being on prime time. Like what, uh, to me, the shows have just been really, really dry as of late. You know, there was a whole hype with Eric Bischoff coming in on the creative side on SmackDown. I haven't heard too much what's going on there behind the scenes. And I know they made the whole shakeup with the writing staff that you guys mentioned last week. But what can they do to to drive these numbers? Because what they're drawing on USA obviously is just not going to be uh, enough on Fox, especially when you, Fox is paying a billion dollars over over a few years. Well, it, it's like it ultimately comes down to the ability to create new stars. Like that is ultimately what you're you need to be able to do. And the fact is, like we saw this past weekend, like you or this past Monday. I mean, Steve exactly. Austin bringing back it's not going to necessarily have that bounce back effect. And you can come up with different ideas, but I don't think just one week of Ronda Rousey coming back is going to spike a number either. I think that ultimately uh, you have to be able to create a captivating program that's going to do more than just a great quarter hour. Um, you're going to have to have stars that are over to the public that you have their attention and with smackdown you're going to get a ton of promotion going into week one you've got all those names coming back week one the draft is week two and after that like ultimately it's going to have to come down to who are the stars we have week to week and that's ultimately your your answer and you either have them or you don't do you find do you feel that the the lack of a solid at madison square garden this past tuesday for smackdown is a cause of concern i mean that's that's their home base there I know they mentioned it was a sellout on Monday, although I've heard sort of uh, disputed figures for that as well. I mean, I, I certainly – I don't know if I would have predicted a double sellout for a Monday and a Tuesday, you know, for an edition of SmackDown that I don't think has, you know, that much hype behind it. Um, at this point, I don't think it's that big of a cause for concern. Um it's it's not like you know if you had New Japan do two shows in a row, I wonder if they would have sold out the, the Garden either. Um I I think, you know, it's a cause for concern looking at the rating. That, to me, is, is probably the bigger deal. Uh, the fact that Steve Austin being on the show, while it did a good first uh, first first segment, um, you don't have Steve Austin to rely on every single week going up against football. So, like you suggested, uh, it's a lot that they have to kind of figure out to fix that issue. If they had Ronda Rousey available to him, I'm sure they'd take her every week, but they don't. Um, so... It's going to have to come awesome. in another way. Thanks, Milan. Awesome. Great. I really, really appreciate it, guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot. for the call, Milan. We appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for the kind words after the uh, Toronto Mike interview. And we'll see you at the uh, Albert Campbell reunion. <laughs> That's right. Oh, wow. see you, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Milan. Uh, yeah, I think that it's, um, you know, you look this past week, it was, you know, very strong audience there on Monday, at least in the building. Uh, the television number was a different story, but then SmackDown. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a tough go of things to go two nights in a row. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, like that to me is the reality of running. And something as well that we look at of, you know, the viability long term of doing even your big four of trying to do a building four nights in a row is a big ask of your audience for those weekends where you are relying on those that are living in the city that might not be traveling for a Survivor Series, for instance, mm-hmm. like that. Again, like this Chicago market to me is one that they are greatly exhausting between all like forget about the four nights of wwe and aew that week but we've got like mlw's going there for their pay-per-view in november uh tna is running down for glory there this is all in a very uh just a four-week period all of this stuff on top of just running the sears center recently and Mm -hmm. roh going there like that to me that chicago market like they are hitting it very hard with like numerous wrestling options. And it's like, yeah, people are going to pick and choose. Yeah. Shall we go to our guest? Yeah. I think we should uh, get a hold of uh, Jimmy Corderas, who is going to be joining us to uh, chat about clash of champions, as well as some of the other uh, news items uh, that are going on. Of course, you can follow the man at Jimmy Corderas and uh, someone that is a staple on Sportsnet 360, part of the aftermath crew that you can uh, watch Tuesdays, at 7.30 Eastern Time, leading in to SmackDown Live, and always someone that it's great to uh, to chat with. And then later on, uh, we will also get back to your phone calls. You can also Skype in uh, if you search for post-wrestling as well. So we will be dedicating time to your calls. I think we might have Jimmy on the line. Jimmy, are you with yeah. us? What's up, guys? Jimmy is here on the line, joining us here on the Cafe Hangout. Always a pleasure to catch up with one, uh, Mr. Corderas, one of the hardest working men in uh, wrestling media out there. Uh, and I want to start off the top, Jimmy, by 
curious what the the t-shirt of choice is today because this has become part of my daily ritual every morning of seeing jimmy chatting about the topic of the day with a brand new shirt each day well uh, in today's uh hashtag reffing rant i wore a connor's cure t-shirt just you know i i made it topical this week because that's what i was referring to so uh yeah th- that was the t-shirt of choice for for thursday and you can you can catch the uh, the ref and rant videos uh, on his Twitter at Jimmy Corderas as well as on Facebook. I mean, he's all over all social media platforms. How did this uh, kind of just come out, Jimmy? Was it a specific topic you wanted to address, and just you've turned it into now just a a daily video that you put out every day? It's weird because I've always you know you know you're always looking to expand your footprint, I guess, for lack of a better term. <laughs> you know, looking for stuff to do and hoping that something catches on. And I don't know if this thing has caught on, but, you know, believe it or not, it was my wife's idea. She said, why don't you do like a, a short little video daily? And I said, well, I'd like to keep it to a minute or under because, you know, the attention span today is kind of <laughs> you know, a little lacking, for lack of a better term, I guess. I guess I'm generalizing and sounding like the get-off-my-lawn guy. But uh, so, you know, between her and I, we thought, yeah, oh, we'll make it an idea. And what kind of gimmick can I throw in there? Hey, I've got like a ton of old T-shirts, a ton of hats, and a bunch of different mugs. And I like my coffee, so let's combine all three. And I don't want to swear in it, so we'll call it the ref and rant. Yeah, it's, uh, no, it's a great thing that you've uh, introduced. And, and one of the topics we wanted to uh, bring you on to discuss is one you addressed this week. And that was uh, back at... Uh, just about two weeks ago, this incident that happened at a RevPro show involving a referee by the name of Aaron Wild, and we've talked about this story. There was a messed up finish where uh, Josh Bodum didn't kick out in time, and then afterwards, the the tag team, we had Shaw Samuels uh, scoop slam this referee, and then on the floor, Josh Bodum pretty much assault this guy. And I thought coming from your perspective, Jimmy, of kind of uh, this protocol, and I think that they are kind of different scenarios of the one guy who delivered the scoop slam, but also kind of a referee being put into this place where it's he is not a willing physical participant and this spot is called on the fly and then just an outright assault on the floor as well. Um, just your reaction to this to this video and this incident that led to legitimate injuries to this referee. Yeah, it's it, it's disgusting in my opinion because um, I've always been taught from even from day one that listen if you if the finish goes wrong you figure it out later and you know there's always plenty of blame to go around. I've I've made mistakes in the past and and uh, you know in matches that I have refereed the guys have made mistakes as well which led to the finish not going the way as planned. What happens after that is you usually uh, settle things behind closed doors. You talk about it, whether it gets heated or not. You know, you know, it all depends on the situation. Some guys get pissed. Some guys don't. It's all the way you handle it. But to actually go out of your way to physically assault a guy, and from all accounts that I have heard and read about, uh, basically he was just doing his job because – he, the guy didn't kick out. Right. Plain and simple. So I've always been taught if they don't kick out, you count. It's on them, not you. And that came from up high in the, well, right now the number one company in the world. So if the big boss is telling you that, you know, you're, you're going to do that. And again, taking it upon yourself to assault this poor guy who's really doing his job. And from what I understand, this wasn't his full time gig. This is something he did on the side. Right. And now he can do his regular job. Because this guy, like you said, physically assaulted him to the point where he can't. That's ridiculous, in my opinion. Now, in the case of uh, Shaw Samuels, what's kind of your thinking that, you know, you're out there, if you're doing a physical spot and it's being called on the fly, is that is that something that it's largely like, listen, if we're not going over this ahead of time, I'm not in a position where I'm just going to be uh, improvising with you and doing physical spots. Uh, what, because... I think it's more of a gray area with Shaw Samuels, who seemed to be trying to protect him, but still, it was. Uh, it seemed like Aaron Wild, the referee, he was. He was not. Uh, th- this was not a planned spot ahead of time. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, see, okay, so the finish goes wrong. Uh, Assumed uh, the wrong guys went over. You can say whatever you want, but if you're going to do something to try and get yourself out of it and get your heat back, so to speak, you know. The guy who did the scoop slam, I forget the gentleman's name. Shaw Samuels. Um, yeah. Grab the referee by the shirt, 
you know, look like you're giving him crap and then just say to him, Hey, look, we're going to argue a little bit. You stand your ground. I'm just going to pop you once you take a bump roll out. Right. That's all you needed to do. You didn't have to like, you know, knee to the head and, and, and wail on the guy and do all this stuff afterwards. A simple referees bump like nobody else. We stay down for punches. It's not like a, it's not like a, a, a spot fest with a referee. So just to clarify, the, the, the knee to the head, I believe you're referring to Josh Bodum on the floor. The scoop yeah, slam was, was Shaw Samuels. Now, do you, yeah. you draw a line where, like you're suggesting here, you know, popping the, the referee, for instance, in the face. Do you draw the line at that, or is something like a body slam acceptable in a situation like this? Um, I, I Again, I didn't think it was necessary to go that far. Again, you could pop him, you know, put a couple of boots until he rolls out of the ring, and that's fine. That's all you needed. You didn't have to go as far as they did. It, it just made it, it set a, a dangerous precedent too. If, if if people think that that's the acceptable practice, because uh, mm-hmm. um, I get things change over the years, but the one thing that has never changed is you don't you don't go into business for yourself like that and actually intent. The whole premise behind professional wrestling is not to intentionally injure the guys you're in the ring working with, mm-hmm. right? I, yeah. so, I'm- I'm curious. That, that, yeah, that goes for referees as well. Well, I'm curious, Jimmy, like, you know, as far as like a uh, backstage culture between referees and wrestlers, how much of this is spoken? How much of this is just kind of like, you know, expected that people understand is does at least in the WWE when you were there, were there any ever were there ever any like, you know, times where you were sat down and said, this is what's allowed and this is not 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 what's not allowed. Um, well, you know, it's, it's funny because it's almost. It's not like you sit down like in, in the, and it's all explained to you. It's kind of like uh, learning on the go, so to speak. You kind of learn by – but it's almost like learning on the fly by example. Like stuff happens and then you learn from – especially from the vets. They'll, they'll tell you, okay, next time this thing happens, here's how we want it handled. Or, or, you know, or from the office, they'll sometimes tell you after the fact, you know, after there's a little bit of a mess up or something. They'll say, listen, in the future, we want this to, to, to happen this way. But uh, I don't recall ever being sat down and said, listen, if this happens, here's what we want you to do. And if this happens, it kind of like happens and then you're kind of instructed afterwards, if that makes sense. Does it give you any uh, kind of optimism, the fact, Jimmy, that this referee was willing to talk about this publicly because I, I can think of, you know, a time period, maybe not all that long ago, and maybe even currently where some people in that position uh, would just hide the fact that they were hurt in this kind of a situation. And this kind of stuff continues where it's believed like uh, w- what happened is is acceptable or just kind of brushed aside. I'm kind of glad that this was thrown out into the forefront. A discussion was formed and RevPro have at least taken uh, some action here and addressed the situation rather than just sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. I'm uh, again, there's two schools of thought there. You don't want to give away too much of what's going on behind the scenes, but at the same time, uh, when something like this happens, you know, you got to give uh, the young man credit for coming out and, and being, you know, very open and honest with what happened. And, and hopefully, you know, this poor guy suffered, but hopefully, you know, someone else, uh, you know, it doesn't happen to anyone else because now that stuff like this has been brought to the forefront, if you know what I mean. Any any stories that come to mind for you, Jimmy, and you don't have to name names of any talent that uh, were too physical, whether it be with you or other referees where uh, some kind of action didn't need to be taken place or at least like sitting someone down and explaining like the role of the referees is not to be just the punching bag out there uh, unsuspectingly. Um. You know what? I was trying to think back again. My old brain doesn't work sometimes, but I don't recall anything from a physical standpoint where you know guys took physical liberties. But it, it was more in the presentation, taking liberties with referees and, and making referees look. Uh, this is going in a complete different direction now. Making referees look silly and and you know, quote unquote, burying the referee as opposed to using him. You're utilizing him to get your heat were not discussed but i can't think off the top of my head anything physical mm. um yeah Jim, jimmy like do you feel like um you know it, it, there's sort of like still a, a bit of an unspoken 
culture of, you know, if you're going to be involved in the wrestling business, you have to kind of be ready and you kind of have to suck it up if something like this exists. Um, Has that changed over time for you uh, from what you've seen, kind of like, you know, analyzing the industry from afar now? Or do you think that there's still very much that that type of mentality? Um, It has changed. It it was changing when I was there still. Uh, When I left in 2009, it already began to change then. I think it's still changing to this day, and it's uh, always evolving. I just think that there's uh, a handful of people or a handful of talents out there who still think that, uh, um, you know, the, the way that things are handled like in this particular incident is is like a, an old-school traditional way of settling things, and it's not. Uh, that's a draconian way of settling things. There's a difference, you know, there's a difference between being like having old school, traditional values and, and just being a complete ass. Well, I appreciate your insight, Jimmy. We really wanted to, to kind of um, get, get your uh, thoughts on this, uh, having the experience uh, and respect within the industry uh, that you have as well. As we kind of shift focus now uh, over to the WWE, of course, um, it's a very big period coming up with lots of moves going on right now with uh, SmackDown to Fox and starting off with how this is going to affect uh, the life of Jimmy Corderas. Do you have a firm decision yet? Will Aftermath be making the move to Friday nights now on Sportsnet 360? Um, uh, Unofficially, uh, I can't say it is, but... I mean, officially, I can't say it is, but unofficially, that seems to be what is being talked about. It looks like we're going to continue to be the lead-in to SmackDown when it moves to Fridays on Sportsman at 360. I see. So it is uh, drawing drawing Friday nights, much like uh, the, the WWE looks like. We are going to have a, a split in their roster. You will be on, on Team Fridays. Uh, it looks that way, and it, it works for me because back then, I was Team Blue, so I'm... I'm you know, everybody says, oh, you're a WWE guy. No, I'm a Team Blue guy. <laughs> how how does that change things, I would say, you know, personally? I mean, drawing from your own experience, having, you know, worked on, on the Friday shows, like, how how does it affect somebody's per- – per- I guess in a wrestler's life, it doesn't really change things all that much. But I don't know. For you in particular, how does uh, now having to watch these shows and work on these shows on Fridays, um, how does that change things? Um, it doesn't change it too much. Obviously, you know, Friday nights are usually, uh, nights reserved for, um, <laughs> you, you make time for the wife during the week because, uh, you know, if it's 24 seven wrestling, that's not going to work. But, um, it, 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 to, to me, it's not going to be that much of a change. I, I think it's going to be fine. The, the interesting thing is going to be Wednesday nights for me because, um, now, now with, uh, with, Smart, with, um, I'm getting confused with aftermath, um, on Friday nights, now we'll be able to actually talk about, you know, the Wednesday night show, which is a, uh, you know, NXT. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll be able to to, to inc- incorporate that, which we haven't been able to before. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting how it's going to work out for Canadians as well. I mean, there has been no official uh, Canadian deal announced yet uh, for AEW, and then with NXT, it's going to be airing 24 hours later, and it will be interesting to see how many people wait for Thursday nights or go to the uh, alternative means to check out NXT on Wednesday nights, which will be on the USA Network. But it's it's not as uh, cut and dry in Canada where you're going to necessarily have both shows airing at the same time on Wednesday nights. Exactly. And, you know, I wish I had some breaking news for you on that front, but I, unfortunately I don't. No, trust me. Um, I, I've been hitting people up, Jimmy, you and me both. Yeah, I, I, I know. So have I. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, will you be paying much attention to AEW's offering on Wednesdays? Absolutely. I, I like, I get at the end of the day, guys, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan and, and contrary to popular opinion, I do want to see them succeed. I mean, uh, to me, they're in, they're very similar to the WWE in many ways in that, there's stuff that they do that uh, I find entertaining and stuff that they do from a personal standpoint that make me go, hey, you know what, that isn't so much for me. But that that's WWE, that's AEW, that's uh, Impact Wrestling, that's everybody. Uh, you, you know, you can't like 100% of everything they do, but at the end of the day, they have something that seems to be uh, catching fire right now and good for them. And maybe, you know, with them catching fire the way they are, It'll cause others to, it'll light a spark under others to, you know, up their game, so to speak. As we like 
go into this crazy period, Jimmy, in the fall and just the, the sheer amount of hours that are going to be dedicated just to try and keep up just with WWE and AEW alone. Um, obviously, the big news this week is Impact and uh, their parent company, Anthem, purchasing a controlling interest in Access TV, HDNet movies. They've announced they will be moving Impact to Access is it going to be a struggle for Impact to be able to move their way back into people's regular viewing habits on a weekly basis when it's just there's so much available out there and the only thing, it's like it's unlimited wrestling content, but you're talking about fans who do have a limited time that they have each week of what they're going to dedicate themselves to. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I mean, like, again, there's another company that I hope uh, does well and succeeds and this move... Uh, you know, joining forces with access or taking controlling interest uh, is a positive step forward for them, but it's going to be tough to catch up because like you said, AEW has got all the momentum heading into uh, their debut October 2nd. We saw how much interest there is from the diehard hardcore fan base. Their challenge is going to be to expand their audience beyond that. Uh, Impact's problem is going to be trying to get the hardcore guys back on board as well as expanding their audience. So for them, it's, it's a twofold uh, situation as opposed to AEW, which I think, like I said, has, has their base audience have bought in. Now they just got to try to get, uh, you know, a wider viewership. Uh, Jimmy, I, I had told you ahead of time, this would be about 20 minutes. Uh, do you have like 10 minutes to go through the clash of champions card with us? Because I, I've already kept you at your, uh, your, your length here. Oh, no, no, no worries, man. We'll do, uh, we'll do some uh, rapid-fire old-school preview here of a WWE pay-per-view uh, with Jimmy. We do have Clash of Champions coming up on uh, Sunday night, and we'll just quickly uh, go through the card. We have 11 matches announced. Uh, on top here, we have Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman for the Universal title. Uh, Jimmy, where do you see this placed on the card? Does this uh, go on last? Because, of course, we do have the tag title match involving these two as well earlier in the night, presumably with uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. No, well, there's like two schools of thought here. I mean, Nug suggested on, on our show that maybe they put these matches back to back as a tag title and then go with this. I I'd like to see these matches bookend the show. Mm-hmm. You know, have whatever happens in the tag match start off the show and get everybody excited and, and maybe, uh, you know, hook everybody for that final match and say, hey, now I really want to tune in to see what happens in the in in, in the champion the universal title match. So uh, I could see I could see this ending the show for sure. I, I really like the makeshift team of Rude and Ziggler, and I could see the, like, Rollins and Braun are not a long-term tag team championship team, so I could very well see a scenario where they leave with the tag titles and sets up your main event with the two, uh, with Rollins and Strowman, and, of course, way we do know where they're going with The Fiend, and it's a very quick three-week turnaround. Uh, do you see uh, Bray Wyatt being part of this finish? Um. It kind of makes sense if that's the direction they're going. I just think it's too soon for the theme to be put in that position. I, I don't. I mean, if you do, how do you not put the title on him? Does it, you know if he doesn't win the title in his first go round, uh, it, it kind of kills his momentum. I think a little bit. I mean, there are people out there that might disagree that and say, well, no, his his character is so over, you won't kill that momentum. I I disagree. I think that's very detrimental to him. I thought this past. Tuesday on SmackDown, I thought for sure there might be some interaction between the Fiend and the Undertaker. Yes, and maybe they could have done something at Hell in a Cell, where you know a loss for the Undertaker in Hell in a Cell to the Fiend wouldn't hurt him, elevate the Fiend, and you know in that type of environment with a lot of smoke and mirrors, you can have a hell of a match between those two. I thought that might have been a better uh, approach, but that's again my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, or or at the very least, because like like I'm with you, like with the fiend, it's almost like you have to give people kind of an unsatisfying ending if he's going for the title. Because I wouldn't want to beat this guy. You've got something special with him, uh, and at the same time, not putting the title on him. That's where the Undertaker maybe could have made some sense. Where gets laid out this week, comes up at Hell in a Cell, and that sets up the Saudi Arabia card at the end of October. Because I would assume Taker might be part of that. Um, so it will be interesting to see how they get there. Um, do you see any yeah. scenario where Seth Rollins does not leave uh, with the Universal title? I think maybe uh, you know you know who we're not talking about and may make a surprise appearance. I know we're talking about the Fiend and all that. What about Brock Lesnar? Right. Like, we haven't seen anything from him in a little while. Maybe he gets 
maybe he interjects himself and just gets this match thrown out. And who knows, maybe at Hell in a Cell, we get a three-way between those three. Uh, always possible. Um, then we have uh, Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Uh, no stipulation attached to this one. Um, I'll start with you, Way. Are we going to a Hell in a Cell in three weeks between these two? I would say definitely yes. I think the, you know, even though the, the last match wasn't all that uh, spectacular, I feel like there's enough meat in this feud to drag it out one more month. And to me, to culminate it in a Hell in a Cell makes perfect sense. Jimmy, what kind of, uh, what do you expect this Sunday for the WWE title match? Well, I, I agree with Way there, definitely. It's just, what I found interesting was that, you know, obviously going into the pay-per-view, old school would tell you that the guy on top going into the pay-per-view when it comes pay-per-view time. So I found it interesting that he got the upper hand on Randy going into the pay-per-view, which tells me that maybe maybe we see a title change and then uh, who knows? Um, at Hell in the Cell, maybe that's the rubber match. I, I think for sure, like this is this seems geared towards a Hell in a Cell blow-off. And maybe you hold off on Kofi getting that big, decisive victory over Randy Orton until Hell in a Cell. Uh, I don't know if we get a title match here, but something to get you out of this match. And it, again, it's three weeks until the next pay-per-view. And that's a real struggle of a pay-per-view because you have the Fox debut in there. It's Hell in a Cell is not mm-hmm. going to be maybe the the top priority over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Bailey, Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown women's title. Uh, what have you assessed so far, Jimmy, of the attempt at the Bailey turn and Charlotte, who should probably be pretty popular Sunday in her namesake? From an in-ring standpoint, I think this match should be outstanding. I mean, you got two of the best wrestlers on the roster, let alone best female talents. Um, as for Bailey's turn, um, I'm kind of on the fence with it. I'm still on the wait and see, see side because uh, I, I want to see a little more nastiness from Bailey, but uh, th- this snarky, smarmy heel kind of thing right now is not working for me. Yeah, the uh, we we've discussed the the inflatable Bailey buddies might need to take a, an alteration, maybe, maybe have a yeah. hand gesture attached to them as they rise. Yeah, I heard I heard someone once uh, someone say something about uh, you know deflating the the uh, Bailey buddies in a not so nice manner. <laughs> <laughs> we could go that direction. Uh, AJ yeah. Styles, Cedric Alexander for the United States title. This was set up uh, with the conclusion of Raw with uh, Cedric getting a win and maybe inheriting Steve Austin's theme music based on uh, the immediate uh, <laughs> uh, the immediate music going off. Um, I, I think this is a this is also Cedric's hometown, which is uh, something they haven't really emphasized going into this. Um, this could be I don't want to call it a sleeper on the card, but I would say if they get 15 minutes, this could be a really great uh, showcase for Cedric Alexander, whether he wins or loses. Yeah, I thought Monday night uh, AJ Styles did a hell of a job of making Cedric Alexander and make people think that, hey, he's got a chance going into this match. Uh, and now that you said it is his hometown, that blows any chance of that happening. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just cursed himself. He should have just lied yeah. and said he's uh, he's from Texas. Uh <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. No disqualification match. They've added a stipulation to this one. So in theory, this could allow them to uh, brawl all over the place. I'm kind of curious way what they do with Eric Rowan in this uh, pretty prominent match for Eric Rowan. You could argue uh, the most important singles match he's had uh, to date with Roman Reigns. It needs to be a match where I think you coming out of it, Eric Rowan, you have to leave with the, the impression that he... He really impressed us um, because I don't see him winning this one. I see ultimately this leading to Roman versus Brian. But uh, in that meantime, I think Eric Rowan still has a lot to prove. We know, you know, uh, as a tag team wrestler, he's tremendous, but he's really yet to have a standout singles performance. Hasn't really been given the chance to either. Uh, so I, I look to him to have a great match with Thorman, who I think has had great chemistry with bigger men doing this style of match. So I'm actually looking forward to this one. Where's Jimmy Corderas on Eric Rowan at, at this juncture? Yeah, uh, I, I'm with Way as, as well. I, I think this is Eric Rowan's opportunity to show that he does belong in this spot, especially against the Roman Reigns. And you're right, Way. Roman does have a tendency to make big guys look really good, and they actually and he sells really well for a big guy too when he does sell. So I think this is going to be a good hoss fight and. A loss here for Roman, even if there is some outside interference, whether it's Daniel hmm. Bryan or, or helps, doesn't hurt Roman Reigns at this point. And I think it'll help elevate uh, Rowan. Too many R's there. I'm getting confused. 
Yeah. Well, one thing I like, you know, it's with Daniel Bryan, but several guys as well. Like your, your main roster is so congested right now with so much. I like the fact that they don't feel this need that we've got to get every single person onto every pay-per-view. We can space out programs. We don't have to go to, the, you know, Daniel Bryan on, the, on this specific show. We don't have Kevin Owens on this show. And I think when you're running all these pay-per-views, you can just, you know, cycle guys off a month or two and keep matches a bit more fresh instead of just constantly feeling the need to throw on every single star on each show. No, I totally agree. And, and, and it just goes to show you the depth of the roster too. And uh, it's only going to hopefully get better. I, I long-term storylines. I, I love, I love long. I hate when things are rushed. Uh, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks for the raw women's title. Uh, it'll be interesting where they place this on the show. This is uh, kind of Sasha's biggest match since coming back uh, with Becky. It's, and to me, it's kind of revitalized Becky who I think has needed an opponent for a long time. The Lacey Evans program didn't set the world on fire, but um, with Sasha here, um, could you see a title change, Jimmy, or is it too early for that? Um, I, I guess I could kind of see a title change here because it, it almost feels like, you know, why would she go home and, and, and for four months and supposedly whining and all that stuff and come back uh, uh, and not get it, get the title? But, uh, again, I think you're right in the sense that Becky needed a little something to, to boost her, to get her back to that level. Um, she's not quite at that, le- that crazy level when she was standing there with her nose broken and her arms stretched out. She hasn't got back to that level yet, but maybe this is a good start to get her back there. Um, again, this is a, this is a hard one to figure, you know, do I want it? Man, it's, it's almost like maybe, maybe Becky chasing would help get some of that fire back. Does that make sense? Yeah, I definitely see them dragging this one out. You know, I think it's it's you know too too big of a program for them to just extinguish after one show, and maybe that comes in the way of a Sasha Banks championship reign. Um, I I feel like Becky, you know, she's great as a champion, but she might be better in the chasing role. Um, but you know, do you think that they would want to break that momentum with Becky right now and and kind of execute a a, a title title switch? Yeah. I think still relatively kind of without her having really established herself as like this great champion yet. Yeah. It'll also be interesting to see kind of whoever's got these championships uh, with this forthcoming draft that's uh, coming up, what that ultimately, you know, if they want to get a title off someone so they can move shows or something like that. I mean, that'll kind of be interesting as well, kind of coming out of all of this. Um, Remainder of the card here, uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Shinsuke Nakamura defending the IC title against The Miz. Um, Just look at those two matches. uh, They feel very cold to me going into this uh, particular show. I I can't say that The Miz challenging Nakamura has really grabbed me right now. Nakamura is now paired with uh, Sami Zayn. And then we've got The New Day, who've been absent from TV, selling these injuries, defending the SmackDown tag titles against The Revival. That's kind of the forgotten match on this card. And it rounds out with Drew Gulak, Humberto Carrillo, and Lince Dorado in a triple threat match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Any final thoughts on any of those... uh, Final matches, Jimmy. Any that stand out for you? Um, I, I, I just I'm not invested in any of those uh, those programs right now. Unfortunately, you know, you talk about the Miz being a babyface. For me, he doesn't work as a babyface. It, it's just it doesn't work for me. It's simpler. And giving Shinsuke a mouthpiece is a good idea, but why give him someone who's an active wrestler on the roster? Uh, that that again, I like Sami Zayn, but I prefer him. You know. Speaking and wrestling, not just speaking. Uh, Way, any thoughts here? At the no, end? I completely agree with uh, all of Jimmy's assessment. It's a pretty there. like the New Day and Revival could have an excellent match, but it's just like you would have just watching TV for the last three weeks. You'd have no idea this match is happening. It's just it's I don't think there. It's, a, it's not a match that needs to be on the show. I know the pay per view is called Clash of Champions, but to me, with the amount of championships that they have right now, it just t- tells me that they're filling this whole thing with with filler matches uh not all these championships i think deserve to be on this show well that that is clash of champions uh we'll see how this show goes uh way and i are going to be live after the show uh for our double double plus uh patrons and jimmy uh before we get on out of here uh you of course can catch aftermath tuesday nights 7 30 eastern on sportsnet 360 and a potential move moving over to friday nights as well but where can people uh Follow the great Jimmy Corderas and all of the ref and rants that they can go uh, binge watch now. 
Yeah, you can uh, at Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, uh, Instagram. It's at real Jimmy Corderas because apparently somebody else took my name. I oh, don't dear. know who. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, Facebook, former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas. All my stuff is on there. I post. I have fun with it, uh, and that's what it's supposed to be. This is supposed to be fun, is it not, guys? That's that's all. That is what it is, Jimmy. And you're you're the master of it. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you on the show, Jimmy. Uh, we definitely have to catch up in the in the near future. And thanks so much uh, for popping by. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Awesome. We thanks, will talk Jimmy. to you soon, Jimmy. Uh, thanks, so, guys. There you go, everyone. At Jimmy Corderas on Twitter, uh, a must follow out there as well. Uh, we're gonna open up the phone lines for the rest of this show. So if you have any thoughts, please. Call in. Yeah. Um, just want to quickly uh, chat about uh, some of the cards that are coming up this week. And if uh, whatever you are watching this week, uh, do let us know. Um, we There's a lot of options this coming weekend. There's a lot of options on Sunday night between uh, AAA and Impact running the Hulu Theater in New York City. They're invading New York show. And the card for uh, that show... Oh, I, I don't have it here. But anyway, it's... Uh, a rematch from Triple Mania on top with Dr. Wagner Jr. and Blue Demon Jr. Kane Velasquez wrestling in a, a trios match as well. So, um, yeah, it's a card that I think it's... Uh, I have no interest in it whatsoever. Not even, I, I think not even re- in the Kane Velasquez interaction at this point. I feel like it's just a card that's been so off the radar... Um, especially when there's so much else going on, and not right a free now. show either. Like this is fourteen ninety nine on fight. Yeah, uh, we will have a report up on the site. But you know, I, I, I lie. I think I am curious to see like how Kane does in, in a second match. Uh, I'm sure I'll see it in highlight form somewhere. But they've announced four matches for this show. Like no, no chance. I, I, I'll, I, I would pay for it. Let's go to Hanzi. You're on the line right now. What's on your mind, Hanzi? Yo, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's up? How, um, no, uh, yeah, I was gonna just uh, say two things. Um, first, uh, um, do you, I know it's probably you know um, it's probably like transparent where this is going, but is do you think that um, Kevin Owens, like Kevin Owens, when he show, if he shows up in NXT because he you know he's fired from SmackDown or whatever, do you see that like maybe like I, I don't know if they'll keep him face, but do you think he will like be involved if he goes to NXT with the Undisputed Era because it it seems like you know Roddy Strong. Um, his like whole storyline is that like he needs to be the only one that's winning the title, right? And I see. And I don't know if they're gonna just give the undisputed era all the titles, but like if like he doesn't win and then they kick him out, would you uh, be surprised if like Kevin Owens joins that group or because Adam Cole and him have like uh, you know uh, they have like history together on the indies and all that. But uh, like, yeah. do you foresee like anything that like that, or do you think they'll just keep Kevin Owens a face if he goes to NXT? Well, I think it's an interesting theory, and I think if Kevin Owens makes his way to NXT, a, a rivalry or some type of some something with Adam Cole makes perfect sense. However, I don't think Kevin Owens is going to NXT. I think if he were, he you know, I feel like whatever he posted up on his Twitter with the with the with the NXT, he numbers, wouldn't have done it. He, I don't think he would have done it. I, I think it's, it was just a way to get people talking. And also, let's just let's just think about it, okay? Like this storyline has been terrible for Kevin Owens, but if his firing because he ended up selling himself out and his character out for a hundred thousand dollars led to him fleeing SmackDown to go to NXT, how bad does that make Kevin Owens? Look, he already looks terrible, but to, to for him to not eventually get his revenge on Shane McMahon by returning to SmackDown, I I I I just couldn't explain it. No, I, I you know I know I I agree. I I guess I just bought into like a little bit of the high, like a little bit of like we all okay, want to see it good. for sure. Yeah, it'd be yeah. Fun. No, I know. I, yeah, but, yeah, and, and they should but, be thinking of putting some names on NXT for this move. Like, I don't think that's a bad idea to look at a couple names on the main roster that you don't have any room for that could be difference makers at NXT. So I don't dismiss it. Uh, but I don't think in this, not with this storyline though. To me, like with, with Kevin Owens, like he needs redemption badly. No, no, I, no, I, I hear what you guys are saying because, like, yeah, like you know, it because you, Paul, you said it like best on like the SmackDown review that like this guy was so over on SummerSlam weekend. Like now it's like a month ago, they, they, four weeks ago. Yeah, they 
they totally bastardized this guy. And, you know, my last question would be, um, listen, I, I I don't know if you guys have, like, the info on this. I don't know if they've been, like, anyone has inside information on this. But since, like, they've, uh, uh, are taking off NXT takeovers from, like, the big weekends, uh, do you foresee, since it's a third brand now, that at least for, like, the big shows that they'll incorporate some of the NXT guys, like, do you see, like, the NXT title being defended at Mania or a Royal Rumble or something like that? Because I just found it odd that the takeovers are not are not going to be a part of, like, the weekend. And I was just thinking maybe because the World Collide tournaments are going to be more for, like, maybe, like, some of the independent organization that they probably are trying to get for the network to, like, you know, kind of, like, so people don't lose interest. But do you guys foresee that the NXT talent are going to be incorporated at least into the uh, four big shows of the year? Or do you think that's, like, kind of, like, at all, out of left field, you know? I, I think the fact that they're trying to make Raw, SmackDown, and NXT so distinct right now, I'm not expecting that just because of they're going to build to their own shows. So I'm not expecting it, but... Uh, you can't dismiss it completely. I, I don't know how much that really adds to have your NXT champion just be kind of in the in the middle of a pay per view, um, as opposed to just being presented as like your top guys on NXT and doing the takeover specials. That's how I would keep it, and I I'd be surprised because it seems like right now, at least the plan now is to have these shows all be pretty separate and distinct from one another, rather than uh, crossing them over. Thank you for the call, Hanzi. We go to our next caller now, doing a bit of a rapid fire, taking all your calls. Uh, you're on the line. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Don't oh, worry. God. He's back. He's back. You're always welcome, uh, Brandon. I know you expressed some concern about whether or not you're welcome on the hand. How's your cell phone service in Nunavut? <laughs> Jesus. Come on. I'm trying to be serious, man. Wait, wait. I'm trying to be serious. I'm trying to change my... Uh... My ways, man. I, I, yeah, why so serious? Uh, I think is what you're looking for. I can't wait for that movie. Um, anyway, seriously, uh, the show I'm looking forward to is, is Bloodsport because I'm going. Yes. I, I, oh, I okay. Go. Let's talk about it. What are you looking forward to yeah. at Bloodsport, or is it? Just you, the... Do you want to go down through the card? Yeah, let's uh, let's quickly run through this because I got the card right in front of me, and uh, Brandon, you can uh, chime in with what's got your interest. So on oh, top, a Bloodsport preview with Brandon from New Jersey. That's Wonderful. perfect. Uh, jo- Josh Barnett and Chris Dickinson is uh, presumably the main event of the show. Timothy Thatcher, Ikuhisa Minowa, Davy Boy Smith Jr. versus Tom Lawler, Zachary Wentz versus Anthony Henry, Anthony Corelli, the former Santino Morella, taking on Simon Grimm, Nicole Savoy versus Allison Kay, who's uh, got an interview up with uh, Andrew Thompson on our site today. Uh, Lindsay Snow versus Sumi Sakai, Rory Gulak versus Matt Makowski, and Eric Hammer versus J.R. Kratos. And this is airing on Fight TV Saturday night. So, uh, Brandon, I, I'm looking forward to this show as well. I'm going to try and find some time this weekend uh, to watch it. Uh, but it's, it's also logistically awesome because it's like 20 minutes from, from my house, so... That's even better. But uh, I'm looking for minimal man. I'm I'm <laughs> big pride mark, and uh, I mean it's it's cool that he's going to be on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to Killer uh, Killer Cross on the show too. I can't wait for that too. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Killer Cross was added. Uh, he's staying on Nick Gage on the yes. show. That was a late addition as well. Yeah. So this is getting you. This is pulling you away from Donald Cerrone, Justin Gaethje. Well, that'll be on the DVR. I'll watch that when That's I get true. back. That's true. That's true. Maybe they'll be on a blood sport one day. I'm curious about the uh, how that uh, Nick Gage match is going to work. <laughs> in, uh, in, uh, uh, you know, he was on the ready. first Bloodsport, and it actually got over pretty well. But it, it was it's not, tonally, it's very different. It was not at all any type of shoot fighting thing. I like, I believe, like they did, they ended up like brawling on the outside of the floor. So it was nothing like I think what you would expect. But you know, who's to say that doesn't have a place on a show like this? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing t- Filthy Tom Lawler, who was also on that first uh, Blood Sports show. Him and Davy Boy um, should probably have a really fun that should fun match. Be tremendous, uh, you know Tim Thatcher, uh, Manoa Man, of course, and uh, the main event. What What are you laughing at? What What's funny about that? Why are you laughing? I'm, I'm, I'm just no, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for Manoa Man on, on this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, like Jesus. that dude is that he's a funny. He, he, I mean, he fought. He fought so many freak show fights. Uh, yeah. Just to see him in, the, in this setting, it, it's, it's going to be awesome. I mean, now, now, if I I'm, tune in, if I tune in on on Fight TV and watch it, and I see a mysterious empty seat, can I assume that that would have been your seat, and <laughs> you somehow got lost on the way to this show after stating on our show that you would be there? 
Dude, I'm Jesus. definitely going to be there. Come on. It's Saturday night in Atlantic City. Come on. You can't beat that, right? At the showboat. Come see Brandon from yeah. New Jersey. To me, as big of a draw as anyone that I just listed. <laughs> and one more question about the UFC. Uh, are, you, are you excited for uh, uh, Tyler Breeze's uh, – I mean, not Tyler Breeze. Uh, Sean Spears' fight against uh, – <laughs> against uh, Tristan Connolly, uh, Michelle Pereira. <laughs> are, are you trying to draw a comparison between Michelle Pereira and Sean Spears? They they look alike. I mean, with the ponytail. I mean, I, I know Sean Spears uh, doesn't look like that anymore. With the I, I really have to give a give a strong look to Michelle Pereira. Maybe it's a comparison that I've never really uh, dove uh, deep into. But I I think this is a really like at least like main card wise. I'm I'm looking forward to this main card in Vancouver on on Saturday. There's there's a lot of well, good stuff. What do you think? What do you think of Todd Duffy's? Uh, is this going to be a uh, uh, one mm. night only for him, uh, and he's going to fade into oblivion again? Or I am not as high on this Todd Duffy return. It's been four years since this guy's fought, and this guy was always just, um, man, it's he had a very reckless heavyweight style, which is fun to watch, but um, I don't know. Five years away, or four years away since his last fight, um, I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of Jeff Hughes, so I, I can't really assess really what his level of competition is here. He's a good commentator, though. Have you heard, he's a good commentator. Have you heard him on doing commentary and stuff like that he's, he's pretty uh engaging i think i think he has a future in that all right well um if his commentary skills can translate into this fight with uh with todd duffy then uh we'll see but hey todd uh, duffy like yeah maybe uh yeah he last fought frank Mir, and that was i couldn't believe how long it's been since this guy has fought um but yeah he's back and he's still young enough that this guy could go on a bit of a run in heavyweight i mean it's guy's 33 years old um and yeah, it's just he's so removed from kind of this current incarnation of the heavyweight division. And w- w- one more question, I lied. Uh, why do you guys have Peachtree TV on, on in Canadian stations? It's, it's bizarre. Huh? Sorry, which what show? Peachtree Peachtree TV, that channel from Atlanta. Why why do you, why why does Canadian why does Canadian cable carry that? Thank you for the call, Brandon. Well, I love you guys. I'll talk to you later. That was probably the first and last uh, preview we will ever do with Brandon from New Jersey. Yeah, this this show looks really interesting. The more I I, I look at it, uh, Bloodsport, uh, the more like I learn about a lot a lot of these participants that I didn't realize are MMA fighters turned pro wrestlers. Oh yeah, like, yeah, uh, Matt Mikowski. Uh, yeah, he, he he's no, a former like, MMA fighter. Allison Kay. Yep. Um. Um. You know, a former MMA fighter that we. We rarely kind of hear that side of her. Uh, even like Zachary Wentz, uh, somebody with with former MMA experience. Obviously, Santino Santino Morella, Anthony Corelli. Um, you know, at one time we know he wanted to go in doing sort of more of a battle arts shoot style character, and he loved battle arts so much that he ended up hiring Yuki Ishikawa and named his own gym Battle Arts. So I really I'm look looking forward, forward to Anthony's match. To seeing I mean, what he looks like. I think yeah. that that's uh, really cool that he's going to do something totally different than what people are used to seeing him do, like his style of wrestling. And I think it's one he'll be See, able to pull off really well. Look how much how much more excited we are for Bloodsport than like this AAA card that's running near MSG. It's it's incredible, and I think it goes to show like I think it's a blown opportunity for AAA. Like the, you can't just yeah like this is them getting to run New York. Yes. It's not MSG, but it's nonetheless, it could have been a bigger deal. Like, here we are. We're talking on a Thursday. Uh, I've seen Cain Velasquez do Ariel Hawani's show. I yeah. haven't seen him anywhere else. When you look at the optics, it really could have been like AAA's like really first big jump into like a North American or into an American audience, like running MSG. It could have been Lucha Libre's like big kind of, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I think it was a blown party. opportunity. For sure. But, you know, like the fact that we're talking this much about a GCW show tells me that there's there's still room for competitors. Like as long as I think this, it brings something different than what we and typically tri- triple see. Triple Mania was like a really fun show and they had legitimate uh, buzz coming out of that show in August. And I think that, yeah. you know, coming back here, this could have been much more than what it's going to be on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's going on head to head with the Clash of Champions show. Uh, as we mentioned, there's a destruction show on Sunday, uh, which... I'll probably catch the main event. That's Hiroshi Tanahashi, Zack Sabre Jr. for the British heavyweight title. And then the Gorillas of Destiny defending against Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi. 
Um, it's kind of two small destruction shows, Sunday and Monday, and then the big one is the 22nd with Naito and Jay White. The J-Cups are finally up on New Japan World. Have you had a chance to see any of I haven't had a chance to see any of it. Uh, last night, I just got to watch NXT, and that was it. But is it English commentary, or is it just the Japanese I believe commentary? right now it's only Japanese. Right, because yeah. Kevin Kelly has voiced them. Um, I don't know if he did them solo or with someone, but they were voiced, so they should okay. be up pretty shortly if you want to watch them in, on English commentary. Have you seen any of it? I've not, but uh, certainly on my list uh, to watch is um, uh, the amazing Red Will Osprey match that everybody's been talking about. Uh, and also next week, the debut of NXT on USA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Next That's Wednesday. It. They're going to be on USA Network for 50% of the show. So mm-hmm. uh, that is all coming up. Uh, we're going to wind things down next week on the Cafe Hangout. Braden Harrington and Davey Portman will be here in studio following uh, Wednesday night's debut of NXT on USA. They're going to have a show up Wednesday night. Uh, reviewing the first card on USA. And Some big announcements from those guys as well. That's that's the the buzz. They may have a big announcement on their Wednesday night show. And whatever that is, we will chat about it on Thursday here on The Hangout with them. So thanks to Jimmy Corderas for joining us. All of your phone calls, including Brandon from New Jersey uh, as well, for calling us. And Way and I are going to be back on Friday. Rewind Away, number 44. We'll feature a review of the Royal Rumble from 2017. Uh, That will be up for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe. Also, a special interview with the archivist, Brad Copping, talking about our 10-year anniversary. He'll be counting down his top 10 favorite shows from our entire 10-year history. Awesome stuff. So look forward to that on Friday. And again, Way and I will be back live Sunday night for our Double Double Plus members of the cafe with our Clash of Champions post show. You can call in, you can watch, and we'll be running through the whole pay-per-view and maybe getting some notes from the AAA show as well. I just checked New Japan World. The English commentary is up for uh, the Super J Cup matches. There you go. All three shows are finally up on New Japan World, so you can go check those out. That is it. Thank you for listening and watching the Cafe Hangout.